Oceans. Number eight. Uh, number eight. I can't burp on command. You know this about me. Why can't you burp on command? I can't burp. I can't. I don't burp. How do you not? Like you. Oh God! I'm showing <laughs> the you the session. Like the session. It's burping. really. Uh, that's why I can't eat food and also drink. It's because then there's not enough space in my tum tum for me to get drinkies on. My poor little tum tum. It's a legitimate problem. <laughs> oh no. Oh god, dogs! I'm pretty distracted. And I got like three hours of sleep because my body wouldn't allow me to sleep. No, I wouldn't. Because two wouldn't two too full of gas. You <laughs> <laughs> no, floated towards the ceiling. We couldn't get him down for ages. It was half being in pain from all the wrestling of this weekend. I've got bruises all over my body. You can see them. Which is a funny to bring up because Don's back. Yeah. I saw that come that up on Facebook in one of my rare ventures onto that platform. That is, uh, that is, that is the wonderful Don Marnell. Yeah. The wonderful Don Marnell. Don Marnell. Yeah. See him live at show. Name. Yeah, he kept quiet that he's back for like two weeks so he can make the surprise return on stage. I which appreciate is a Don Marnell move. I appreciate the showmanship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a man who's committed to the bit. Mm-hmm. And it's important to be committed to the bit. So to begin, this is Welcome to Notions. Notions Podcast. That's notionspodcast.gmail.com. Could you fucking enunciate that one, Neil, there? Please? Yeah! Yeah, I keep saying we have a Twitter, but that's because every podcast I know no, has Twitter. Twitter. Like, like, but it's Twitter. How are we going to do well, Twitter? Twitter, Twitter we, sorry, we, we asked, we, I asked you the question the other week, which is like, do you know anyone that uses Twitter? Yeah. Do you I know and, like and, 50 people. Why? I don't want to use it myself. But like, do you, like I, I actually, I actively know nobody who uses Twitter. I specifically use Twitter in a really specific manner, which is to taunt anime fighting game boys I know, and also delete older posts that I make so I'm constantly at 69 tweets. What was super racist Twitter called? Like, there was white nationalist Twitter, basically. Oh, something with a W? Another one he's talking about. It was not talking like a normal person. No, <laughs> no, no, no. This was like a Twitter platform that yeah. they built. Oh. So they could go oh, all be uh, Nazis yeah, together. Uh, uh, yik-yak. 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 Not Yik-yak. There was one where, like, you could basically could just... You would, it was an open platform. You could talk to anyone in the area who had the app. Yeah. So you could just say, like, hey, anybody want to fuck? And then people could respond to that thread. But and they would respond with racial slurs, because they were all Nazis. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, I thought the, no, there, there was like one specifically for white nationalism. Uh, it's nice that, we, that we've segmented the market so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, white, like, go white nationalists. Like, yeah. There's also Aren't they communist rich? lefties. I mean, <laughs> communist, mas- uh, communist lefties have got Mastodon. That's the uh, communal Twitter where like you do pods of it that don't really interact outside of their pods. So, you know, it's even more segregated. So, I, so when you said Mastodon, my first thought was, like, you know, Blood and Thunder. Like your lungs with blood and thunder. <laughs> when you see the white world! Like, concert down so the <laughs> <laughs> shit. Oh my god, that record's so funny. Break <laughs> your back and crack your oars, men! Ah! There's a song called Megalodon from the album Leviathan by the band Mastodon. What about that sentence is not fucking metal? That's pretty fucking tight to tell oh, you. Oh, that's, that's so metal. Yeah. Did you see that the, the actress from Smallville yeah, is part of a sex racket, yeah, a sex um, slave ring? Excuse me? Alison Mack, she played Chloe on Smallville. Yeah, and there's like a cult leader guy who's in prison. And like he's like claims he has a two forty IQ and got a load of people as sex slaves. I, it's, it's, I mean, if you got two forty IQ. What are you doing in prison, bud? Yeah, yeah. and also he branded all the women as well. Uh, yeah, like branded cattle? with his initials. Like cattle branding, like seared into flesh. Or, oh Jesus! I don't have all. I don't have all the facts, but it's definitely like what the fuck. 
But with the one from, but with the one from Smallville. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Listen, just because they were on popular media doesn't mean that they don't. Well, they don't have the worst of the hottest takes. Because, because Kirk, because that one had uh, Kirsten Kirk, who is the star of the popular film two thousand eight, uh, Street Fighter Two: The Legend of Chun Li. I refuse to acknowledge any Street Fighter film as popular. In any way whatsoever. Listen, uh, all, listen, buddy. You come at me. The animated movie was amazing. Well, train wreck. Amazing. Sonic boom a house in half. Street Fighter Two. Fight you. Street Fighter Two: The Legend of Chung Li has an interesting bit of ratio casting in that it starts off with Chung Li as a girl who's played by an Asian actress, and then she progressively gets whiter as the film goes on to the point where she grows up to be a white actress. That's. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. But that's still, but you know, it's terrible. Like, it's it's a heaping pile of dog shit, and there's like barely any. Wait, isn't that the one where M. Bison is Irish? Yes, he's played by he's played by one of the bad guys from Desperate Housewives, and the <laughs> the guy with the stupid mustache from Captain America One. Uh, Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> there was no Hitler in that. It wasn't. I know. Yeah, that was yeah. legit. He, he had, he had the Punching Hitler is an important part of comic books. I'm still reading through um, He's, uh, the Javier and Clay. The masterpiece that it is. Yeah. The, I think I'm getting towards the end, but I don't know. I, 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 have, have you gotten to Antarctica yet? No. Oh, okay, then no. You, you know you're <laughs> close, man. That Antarctica sequence is probably one of the finest bits they of the They had sex in Tomorrowland or Future Yeah, which, which is a beautiful scene. Yeah. It's a really, really beautiful scene. So is this a comic book? Or it, it's a book. It's a book based on two comic book writers, uh, Sam Clay and Joseph Cavalier, who are cousins in 30s New York. Uh, it's about the Golden Age comics, but it's also about like uh, LGBTQ issues, uh, the Second World War. Pounded man meat. In yeah. it. <laughs> a lot of pounded man meat for, for sections of that book. Yeah. <laughs> but also like deeply sad and heartfelt looks at like at survival's guilt and this big like part of the thing is like He's left his family in Prague. Yeah. And, and you know, they're Jews. Yeah. Oh, boy. But I, and actually, uh, who was it? It was Brian K. Um, wrote a comic. So the comic they write is The Escapist, which is about, in, in a true Golden Age style, like it's about a guy who has a magic key that can unlock any door or any lock. It's fucking dumb mm-hmm. in a way that, like... Golden yeah. Age comics are specifically dumb in a really specific way. Exactly. Um, but Michael Chabon, who wrote it, like, has a real knowledge of it as well, so it's like it's dumb in a very specific way. It's not just like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't the comics do it? But it's like, well, if we consider Detective Comics 36, when Batman decides to become a, a goat for, for no reason, yes. I have a- to eat my shield, Bucky, or I'll die! <laughs> exactly. Jimmy um, Olsen marries a gorilla. He Golden did marry. Comics. He did marry Gorilla. Fool, doomed just as he pleases. Toop. What? This is the horn. Yeah. It's a, no, Doctor Doom, don't toot that horn. <laughs> Fool, doomed just as he pleases. Toot. <laughs> and then of course there's the beautiful and glory things that are the 1960s the comic sub- uh, the cartoon of- shows that are oh beyond wonderful, which is just like a still image of Cap going, oh no, I'm falling, getting slightly smaller. <laughs> Was, uh, when they did the 60s Batman serial, they ran out of money in the final season a lot. Oh dear. So there's an episode you, you probably have an encyclopedic knowledge of. The 60s Batman show. You know, not, not an encyclopedia. I, I watched it a lot. So There's the, the, my favourite episode where the, the villain's plan is to make the police force incap- just like incompetent so he, he makes it get hi- hire a bunch of women. And we all know... <laughs> <laughs> incapable of enforcing the law, so the city descends into chaos. Oh no! The sixties were a wonderful time, weren't they? <laughs> the sixties were certainly a hot take. I guess. Um, yeah. 
Oh boy. <laughs> you well, you told me they run out of money. I, I was, was just thinking, like, like um, excuse me, the views expressed on Ocean's podcast, the views expressed by the 60s Batman series about gender politics are not the same as those expressed on Ocean's podcast. <laughs> Speak yeah. <for> yourself. <laughs> this man does not represent us. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they ran out of money. When you say they ran out of money, all I can think of is so where's the scene where a giant robot, Martha Wayne, crushes the Joker's head off? No, I Over that, the course of a minute. So there's one episode where they ran out of money. And what they did was they were like, what What could we do? I know. All the villains will become invisible. So they just... That's a hot they, take. They just filmed an empty room and then they got like Cesar Romero and all those different people just to come in and do ADR on top of it. Huh. And then they were like, okay, and how do come with a, how come with a climax for this where like, you know, we meaningfully resolve the issue? I know. What if Batman, being super fucking clever, realizes the way to the level of the playing field is to put them in a dark room and turn off the lights. <laughs> so the final fight of that episode is pitch black with the things coming up. The five cents uh, five cent special effects. Yeah. That is the finale of that that is the final fight of that episode because they had no money, so they literally showed nothing <laughs> but the but the shitty effects. They got it done. Yeah, they got it done, as you had to in the sixties. They distilled it down to the elements that worked. What? Stupid special effects and Adam West going, of course, Robin. His last film was good. Well, the last animated Batman film he was in was, was uh, the... Two Face one. Because Two Face was never in the original show, but they got the best actor imaginable to play Two Face that would have done it, William Shatner. <laughs> oh boy. That would have been incredible. Oh yeah. Boy. See, it's actually really fun anime Wait, film because which... it's really, it's really it's like nice send off of that show. And it's, it's, it's just good fun. Which Batman was it? The not the TAS because that was no, Batman uh, Sixty. Batman Sixty. Yeah. Oh, there was an animated. Yeah, very recent. Huh. Like a year ago. I'll go back and watch that. Yeah, I, I laughed. Uh, it, was, it was silly. But as, as you expected to be. Yeah. There's a yeah. there's a joke that Charlie Brooker made um, just as the Dark Knight Rises had come out, and he was talking. He was doing his end of year roundup, and he was talking about how um, that he was basically criticizing the, the Batman film, and, he's, and then he kind of cut to a clip from the 1960s version. Where you see Batman running around with a bomb on a pier going like, you just can't get rid of a bomb. That's the movie. That's the movie. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Charlie, just because Charlie, Charlie Brooke going like, fun fact, The Dark Knight Rises ends in the exact same way. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> shit, it does. That's exactly how that movie ends. Just can't get rid of a bomb. Just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. I think we all know the Adam West orgy story. Wait, what now? No. <laughs> Well, this is Charles, the putting that piece of knowledge out into the world. Hold on to your butt, man. Just dropping this ten-pound bomb. On us. This came around the time of his death, and people were sharing stories. Uh, and uh, do the actor who played the Riddler, I think. They both got invited to a party, and uh, didn't realize what this party was. Oh no! So they come in, and everybody's naked and fucking. So they they decide that uh, they'll just start doing the voices of the characters. <laughs> they have no idea what to do. And, uh, like, oh, good chum, what are we doing around here? And then, and, uh, and uh, to quote uh, Adam West, they got the big giggles. <laughs> so they had to be kicked out of the orgy. When you have to, when the orgy has to stop because you're making people laugh too much. Yeah. Look, we are, look, this is already uncomfortable enough as it is. Stop making it funny. Listen, I have to look at these terrible naked bodies and these voices are too good. I can't focus on my own boner. Actually, did you ever hear the, uh, the, the one about Mel Blanc? Because um, Mel Black was the guy who did all the voices. For he him. have his own orgy story? No, he has his, his is a nicer one about voices. Uh, a more wholesome memes version of it, if you will. I don't see anything that's not wholesome about that, except the fact that it was an orgy. Just fine in its own right. 
Pretty Nothing good. bad was happening at this orgy. Which is people oh, fucking Hollywood orgies. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot it was a Hollywood, Hollywood orgy. Have you ever heard of, mm. ever heard of the one football Hollywood Babylon? No, no. Which is just full of all of the tawdry rumors and tales of Jack Nicholson mostly. <laughs> oh Jesus! No, like, What's it's that? Earlier, it's earlier. It's because like Jack Nicholson's like that, that, that. Like those stories are fine. Like everyone. Like this, those are living memories. This is like this is earlier Hollywood. So this is like. What did Fatty Arbuckle do to that prostitute? Oh no! Is that the bit with the wine bottle? Uh, yeah, which is which is false, oh. but like you know, uh, like it's, it's stories like that, or like the the one about um, the Mexican actress. I can't remember her name. Like me, who incredible beauty. So she thought like, fuck it, I'll kill myself now and I'll look beautiful forever. So she took a load of sleeping pills and drank a load of wine and didn't realize that you vomit a lot and you yeah. shit yourself and you die really uncomfortably. So she died in a pool of her own vomit in a toilet covered in feces. And, and didn't vomit. get found for a bit, so she bloated. You know, I really... Yeah, so, that, so that's like, but you know, Hollywood Babylon, so the, the, the orgies and the, and, the, and the early sex parties, those, that is, that is what, like, that is the Wild West. Like, tw- like what, like 40 years before? Like, Deadwood set in... The, the new Gomorrah. But Deadwood set in like 1880. Yes. In around that point, like Custer's Last Stand. So, like, within 30 years, you've gone from Custer's Last Stand to, like, oh, we're going to make a film industry here. Do you really think that, like, the Wild West and Hollywood, <laughs> the line was that far apart? No. So, wholesome meme. Yes. Wholesome yeah. meme. Now, Blank did all the voices of the Looney Tunes characters. Mm. Um, all of them. Mm. Um, and he also did loads of. Uh, he used to make most of his money doing that and doing out uh, seasons, driving around, driving around LA all day, just doing radio jingles and shit yeah. uh, had a car crash went into a coma and uh, basically like this catatonic never come out of it you know they tried they tried pretty much everything nothing worked and the story goes that the doctor one of the doctors that tried it went up to him and just said like in the Bugs Bunny voice are you, are you there Bugs? what's up Doc? and could respond to each character so said, if you address each character fog, fog horde like one are you in there? I'll say I'll say so I all of them. Because what they reckon happened was that he he'd take he'd you know taken Trump to the head after the car crash, but he'd been doing those voices so much and he was just he had to be able to do them on the dime mm-hmm. that they essentially became like this pure muscle memory bypassing his conscious brain. So from that they found it in into his head and were able to bring him back. And huh. Yeah. And unfortunately he he the, the sad denouement as well, which we won't touch on because also means never have to focus on the sad anymore. But like he, he uh, Bugs Bunny literally said, Bugs Bunny and all the Lynchians characters helped to bring Mel Blanc back to life. So there you go, fucking wholesome memes, orgies and wholesome memes, man. What else? What, what else do you want from a radio program? That's the title. Radio <laughs> program. Oh fucking whatever, man. It's digital radio. New radio. It's digital radio. Spelled N U umlaut. No, I'm, I'm having no part of anything that's N U. <laughs> listen, listen. You want new rave? New metal, new metal. Oh, God, new metal. <laughs> so they're such dickheads. They're so it's all terrible too. Like okay, like okay. So like, the third fifth one album's not bad. Gonna say that now, but like, did anyone actually like Limp Biscuit? Has anyone ever sat down and just gone, "Don't you dare! Don't you dare open your fucking mouth, Neil!" I was gonna say, well, I may not like Limp Biscuit. The friendship between John Travolta and Fred Durst that's currently ongoing is hilarious and wonderful and beautiful in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned last week with the Josh Rose's yeah, fucking yeah. and Fred Durst, like, hey. just photobombing in the background on the set of the movie that's written about a thing that fr- happened to Fred Durst with a weird fan that is John Travolta, but, like, Fred Durst is a fan of John Travolta, so these positions should be reversed. You know, Fred Durst has, uh, has a uh, sewage treatment plant named after him. 
there was a there was a competition to name some sewage treatment plant somewhere in I think Texas. So they named it like the the, the Fred Durst Memorial Sewage Treatment Plant. He ain't even dead though. Yeah, but like you know, it was Fred Durst. Yeah, to so, the man who gave us the wonderful course of I did it all. I did it all for the nookie. So shut the fuck up. And give me that cookie. Masterclass. <laughs> one, two, three to the four. Uh, one, two, three times four to the six. Coming out of the way with a limp biscuit and wicks. So where the fuck you at, man? Shut the fuck up and back the fuck up. Fuck this track up. Who run mansion with Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> but like, 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 you feel me bad because like, so, like, uh, like Lupe Fiasco is a really, he's a really good rapper, a really good lyricist. But like, occasionally he just he hits these lines. We just like son. I'll give you like you can slightly bend the syllable that that can just go fuck itself. So he has a really good song called "Bitch Bad," which is about like you know um, the perspective of women in hip hop songs and and how kind of a, a insidious uh, misogyny kind of filters through these things. And the final verse is him talking about it, and he says like disclaimer: this rhymer. He's like, what the fuck is a rhymer? Got a G. He's like, oh, a rhymer, rhymer, <laughs> rhymer. Mm. How about you? Uh... Take that one back to the drawing board for about five minutes. You, you can't, you can't bend it that far, dude. Just like, just he's making up words now. Just call yourself a mariner or something. You know, just, just do it like a little peep. Become yeah. a man of the you sea. And all I can think of is that song that just goes ass, 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 ass. And titties. No, just no, ass, just ass. You know, okay, just ass. One, then. Yeah, it's just, it's just no, just ass, ass and titties. Ass, ass, titties. Ass and titties. This, this one's just, just ass. Yeah, just, just, the, just the word ass. Yeah. The music video is the word ass shown repeatedly in many what? different languages. Yeah. I should just get a face tattoo and become a SoundCloud rapper. And that's just it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's it. That's it. It's, Why it's, did we take this left turn, Sean? <laughs> it's a valid career path, apparently. <laughs> okay. You just have to start taking little Xanax and get face tattoos. And, and address yourself with a diminutive title. Yeah. Little peep, little pump, little jizzy, I don't know. Maybe you should become a YouTube Fortnite player. That seems like a... I've like got some self-respect. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so Reddit, the lies. So Reddit's been a fucking pain in the hole recently because they try to make it... Reddit is? Yeah. Well, when's Reddit not a pain in the hole? Because sometimes it's enjoyable. Yeah. Sometimes I go in there and I find like... I find like that bodybuilding forum where <laughs> the guys argued about how many days there are in the week. <laughs> okay? Excuse me? Did you find me? You this, is a, this is a take I have not heard of yet. There was, there was he, a, he's trying to say, there is, if he works every other day, there's four days in a week, and there always is four days in a week. And the guy's like, motherfucker, math, 3.5, <laughs> equals 4, 3, 4, 3, 4, 3. How can you not understand this? And he just starts counting the days of the week from different parts of the week every time, and sometimes recounting the same day so he gets to four somehow. It's fucking insane. He's, there's five pages of this. He yeah. has a lot of muscles. Not he doesn't have that many muscles. <laughs> oh no! That's the thing, he's, he's, he's trying to figure out. his fourth day technique! Mm. But Reddit's been doing this thing where like, they, they put forth their um, default subreddits, and one of the default subreddits now is false Fortnite. subreddits? Default. Oh. Default subreddits. I know you're talking about false subreddits, like luring people in with honey traps, like, yes, come here, Republicans! That's 50 50. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally 50 50. Uh, that or. Uh, 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 watch people fucking die, which is normally like just really pleasant. So it's like it's like it's pictures of animals like vicious creature mauls human, and it's like it's, it's a really small dog. Like a little bunny, like jumps on someone. Yeah, exactly. But and then occasionally. But then you also have the issue of, of the I think it's now banned, which is people fucking die or watch watching people fucking die, which is literally like ah oh, here's an ISIS beheading. It's like do not get those two confused. 
you will have a shit night. Um, but yeah, so that but Fortnite is now one of the default subgrounds, and it keeps coming up along with Liverpool and Manchester. And if there are three things I do not give a shit about, is Manchester United football, Liverpool FC football, and Fortnite. Basically, things that are not television programs with seasons. You like movies too. Yeah, movies don't have seasons, Neil. Well, I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been going on so long, you could argue that there are seasons to it. Phases. They're called phases. <laughs> you could call them seasons! Well, actually, there was, there, was a, there was a thing piece I was reading which was saying basically that like Infinity War is essentially the, the two-parter, like, season finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, I'd buy that hot take. But, like, and also, but also about, like in, in the first part of the season finale, you know, oh, everything's dire, everything's really fucked, and then the second part, it's like, oh, what's this? A neat resolution. Way. Mm, just All right, the status quo restored once again. Why don't we just, why don't we just bring back the Cumberbatch? You know, we like, we like the Cumberbatch. We'll bring him back. Everybody like, everybody likes the bendy toots. He wears a silly mustache and does the thing. Bendy dick, come on my bass is definitely. Oh, why? I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Stellar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is truly stellar. Um, I think we're done making fun of Benedict Cumberbatch's yeah, name. Just, just mark it done. Yeah. Mark it finished. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised you know, more people don't make fun of Chadwick, Chadwick Bosworth with his name. Yeah. I don't even know who that is. That's Black Panther. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay, Benedict Cumberbatch is, is ridiculous. Apparently, yeah. Benedict used to refer to himself as Ben or Benny, Benny. In, in early auditions, and someone said, like, What's your name? It's like, Benedict Cum- ben Cumberbatch. You call him Benedict? He's like, Go for the full name. It's, it's, it's more striking. You literally need to embrace it. Yeah. You can't back down. But yeah, I thought, I thought the Black Panther, because I'm woke, and I am on the culture button in February of 2018, you know? Yeah. Ditto. Yeah. Saw it too. Yeah. It's a f- okay picture. Yeah. Yeah, it's thoroughly mediocre. Um, I wouldn't say mediocre. It's a, it's a good action. It's a good, like, okay. commercial film. I got really distracted by the CG. The CG is terrible. It's really bad. He moves so weirdly. They, it looks like no. a weird little creature I saw in um, Kung Pao Into the Fist. It's in like one <laughs> in frame. Top. No, it's in one frame at the start of an outside exterior shot of a temple, and they show this weird like little like I, I don't know Hindu elephant thing dance around for a couple of seconds, and then it just cuts away. But it's it's really hard to notice because it's kind of like, but it, he moved like that. It was very off putting to actually look at. Like the technology shit was cool. They were like when that fucking car thing. Oh, I was, yeah. like, I, I was just thinking like that's such a fucking good use of that technology as well. It's like it's really clever. Like there's parts of which are great. Like I mean, the set design is great. The mm. costume design is great. I actually I thought the the world of Wakanda was really really well established mm. yeah. with everything like that. Also, God, fuck, it's like it's a small thing. I fucking love the color coding, like because. You know, oftentimes in, in, in pictures like this, especially when you get to the big finale, it's just gunmetal grey on gunmetal mm. grey. It's like, who do I cheer for? But in this one, you have like, oh, there are the purple people and the yellow people and the red people. Thank thank God. Thank Green God. Green guy with huge lip disc. Can't take him seriously. <laughs> that's just, that's the, the size of that thing. And it's just, it's just a suit as well, so it's <laughs> a bit like the Riddler. Yeah. But like you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a decent picture. It's not great it, as a Mar- as a Marvel picture goes. It's fine. It has all the same problems that a Marvel picture has, which is that nothing means anything. It is you know just fairly formulaic. Uh, I did like some of the some of the stuff by Chloe a little. Mm. And there's a small bit in there when Michael B. Jordan, who was class, I fucking love Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. He was Wallace in The Wire, and now he's like legit, like a fucking proper five star actor. You go, you go, Wallace. But it's the bit when he drinks the purple juice and then he goes into like his kind of spiritual plane. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was, it's a, it's a really lovely bit of symbolism there, but like, so like, 
you know, he, he meets his dad and they're having that conversation and like he kind of keeps transitioning between a child and a man and a child and a man. And it's a small thing, but uh, they kind of, the way they talk about where they are, they talk about it like they're like they're in a cage. And the framing of his dad is there's this window behind him where you can see the planes where uh, Chala sees his father. But stopped between them and the planes is this window which is got which has got these vertical slatted blinds on them. So it looks like a like a like a prison. And it's this really nice little bit of visual symmetry that like they make the idea of Oakland into a literal prison for these characters spiritually. And then at the end there's the kind of the nice bit of trans symbolism where that becomes what was once a prison now becomes kind of a source of optimism. Mm-hmm. I like that shit. Fuck that shit was good. If I was those kids at the end of that movie, I would fucking run the second they see a goddamn spacecraft. That's fair. Literally, yeah. all the fucking we got fucking destroyed. It's like, what is this? I don't know. It is a run. Giant lizard monster came from the sky and were flying, led by a Norse god. It was not okay. <laughs> yeah, so they're like fetish gear pierced weirdos with weird staffs shooting lightning bolts at you. They killed George. George is dead. Really like Killmonger. Killmonger was great. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike Reardon was great. The mm-hmm. mask. He should have kept the mask. Yeah, then he goes Black Panther, and he's just Black Panther with gold trim, as opposed to Black Panther with silver trim, leading to a really goddamn another fight in a Marvel film where it's the good guy and the identical evil guy fighting each other. Yeah. Like, let him be Killmonger. Yeah. He looked really cool with that fucking mask. He did. That thing looked badass. Yeah. Mm. And, but it has the same problem as well, because it's like the final 30 minutes of that film is a, is a fight, and you just like, Oh, I'm fatigued after 15, guys. I'm, like... It, it was fun oh, a few years back. Like, I remember, we, I remember we got married, too, being like, holy shit, it keeps going, it's fucking great. Now, like, I'm just like, okay. It's half an hour. Cool, I'm just going to keep watching poorly drawn people hit poorly drawn people, and it's not meaning as much anymore. Mm. Oh, actually, actually, one thing which that film did quite well was, like, really small bits of violence that like carry with you like when they're having the, the when they have to have the the brawl by the uh, on the on the waterfall on the waterfall and like they like motherfuckers get stabbed and shit and mm-hmm. it's like that really hits like, it, like there's real visceral impact to that and mm-hmm. it's great and that is lost when they get into the big like superpower scenes and you're just like oh, just, you have a you have a better story do more with it you have so much here like you've got such a good cast and such a the final fight would have been a lot more impactful if neither of them had super suits or superpowers for it. Well, and then, like, Killmonger probably would have. Yeah, and then T'Challa cheats by, like, pulling out a, super, a part of the super suit or something. So he just has, like, a hand claw. Do something interesting yeah. with it. But even that, something like, weird. Yeah, but even now, that's because then that makes a character, because then you have a character who's not, who, who, who has a little bit of extra darkness. Like, oh, he's not going to win in a fair fight. That's an interesting character to go on. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from there. But like it's just it was it was good, but I thought it would be more. Yeah, it like a second highest grossing movie. Well, it's, it's the uh, highest grossing movie by an African American director. Yeah. The most I think the most successful film in Africa. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, those are those are not markets that people typically fight for. Yeah. Uh, so like I think there was a weird thing I think we said at the time, but like Ava DuVernay, Ava DuVernay had uh, Wrinkle in Time, which didn't. It did okay, but uh, you know, Disney wasn't behind it, so it was, it was always going to. But like, you know, it's a strange point where you had like the top two films in America were directed by a, a black man and a black woman. It's like, there's at no point in time has this been true. But like, removed from those two, and maybe you know, some like Steve McQueen or a handful of other directors, be, you'd be very hard pressed to find directors of color 
making pictures like that, which is still, it's, it's quite a shame. And I guess that's one thing about the film which I do like is there's a little bit of nice symbolism to it that, like, you know, they allowed a film which is so decidedly African and not. Yeah, all, all the homages to all the tribes, they're all apparently spot on and great. Yeah, and like they. Like, and a lot of the, the, the world's, again, world building. Fantastic. Like they, they got Disney money. Yeah. And, we're basically, and they were like, okay, cool, why don't we just. Like, and they made the world. They spent they, they yeah. spent their Disney money wisely, and that's probably why the film looks a bit shit, like CGI wise, because they didn't want to spend it on, you know, tiny toy yeah. figures hitting each other. They wanted. We've like, all seen the toy figures hit each other real good. Yeah, but like, oh, what if we, what if we just like, I don't know, what if we, we got like a fucking race of people who wear like fucking bearskin shit and like live in the mountains? How what, how would they live? What would their place look like? Because that place looks so fucking cool. Badass. That oh, mm-hmm. just it was so fucking gorgeous. And like, or like, what, what, what kind of technology would they have? I don't know. What if they had like a thing that you could throw in a car and then it would just replicate the car, but remotely, so you could drive the car and it was a perfect. Mo- it's like, oh, oh, that's just so good. Martin Freeman was okay. It was fine. Yeah, it's weird. He did what he needed. It's too. weird hearing him do an American accent. Yep. Yeah. Andy Serkis was great. I fucking loved him as the stupidly named Claw. Yep. Yep. I I they, I did not know the circus for the entire film. Really? Yeah. He's like, man, like, the, when you look at his filmography, the party was just like, how? Because, like, cause, okay, so, like, you've got Gollum, you've got uh, Planet of the Apes, you've got uh, Tintin, you've got this, you've got fucking Ian Jury, but, like, there's no connecting line between most of them, mm. but he's, he's so fucking good. Oh, I fucking love any circus. Yeah, I really need to catch up on the Apes films. They're, they're much, they're really good. Really good. They are no, insanely they are, good. They are much better than they have any right to be. Like, they oh. should be heaping pieces of shit. But, like, Rupert Wyatt did a great job with the first one, and Matt Reeves did a fan-fucking-tastic job with the second one. And, like, it's like yeah, there's a lot more in them than just, like, it, it, it's, it's closer to what the first Planet of the Apes was than what uh, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes was. Yeah, the Marky Mark one. Yeah, I remember that one. I liked the time just because I was a kid and they had uh, laser guns. I, I remember nothing about that film. You're yeah. talking to me about monkeys and laser guns. I just think of that we'll go to film, Congo. No, don't talk about it. It's Congo. a phenomenal film. With Laura fucking Linney and Tim Curry. And that talking ape because she's got the little robot. <laughs> she's got the little robot glove that speaks her sign language. <laughs> oh my god, like. You know, I, I, look, man, there was a certain point, there was a certain point in the mid-90s where you could just walk into a room and say, here, I've got a mad idea about Dolph Lundgren, who's got to fight an alien, who says, I come in peace. Ten million dollars, make the fucking picture. Like, there was a lot of cocaine. There was so much cocaine. Um, One could argue there might have been too much cocaine. Well, that was the 80s. Which actually, on the topic of the eighties <laughs> and too much cocaine, there was also that film Ready Player One, which came out this year. Yeah. Which uh, I I went to see with with Siobhan, and we were in the middle of watching it, and then just at the bit after the fir- where the, the King Kong thing comes out, and they finish that race, yeah. and then they meet your one from uh, Master of Nuns. They see like she's building the Iron Giant and shit. Just at that point, there's about twenty minutes in the picture. Um, the film cuts out and they tell us we have to leave and then as we're leaving we kind of we kind of see up the, up the aisles and there's some guy who's got like head slumped down and loads of the staff kind of running up to help him and we, we try to hold his head and to make sure it's like that's probably not a good thing okay so we, we leave and then we, we're waiting outside the bar and it's like the film will be another hour as there's been a bit of a medical emergency like okay 
don't like it enough to wait another hour. <laughs> so, so I can tell you, for the first 20 minutes, it was a perfectly acceptable film. Mark Rylance was in it, and Mark Rylance is great. He was the only good thing about Dunkirk. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that character, yep. that rich character that you can think of. The only character in that fucking movie. He, he at least has something. Killian Murphy is at least scared or has emotion. But, I don't know. but, but he. There's no character? He's not, yeah. There's no characters in that fucking movie. It's a vessel to hold an emotion to make you feel it? There's no emotions. It's Christopher Nolan. It's, it's Spectacle. And Spectacle's fine, but like Spectacle without emotion is just flashing lights. It was a very, very empty film and I'll never watch it again. Never watch but it again. Ready Player One I actually kind of liked. Really? Yeah. You know, happened and it kept you entertained. It's not good. <laughs> um, no, one, no one could be under that delusion because <laughs> you know it's just like it makes no sense I don't know how they got any of these licensing rights like because Steven Spielberg yeah, yeah but like he made one, half of them the, 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 Goro w- walks out at some point and then t- takes the main character into a side room and then a chestburster bursts out of its chest and then I really want to see what a xenomorph Goro would look like but they don't show that you know it's a real, real fucking tease for me there um, yeah and then there's another character in disguise like there's a bunch of that like inconsequential stuff there's tracers in it bunch of Overwatch characters load of Master Chiefs it's just very odd it's very very intensely odd to look at all that to happen to one of it is hey remember this thing remember your childhood remember this thing it's a reference remember the reference the reference yeah. here for a moment in the book, it's a lot worse. It literally reads like a what's what of Wikipedia articles about things from the eighties, where he will literally go on for a page and a half about this one like particular thing that was up with a particular transformer, and you're like, okay, it's okay, Ernest Klein. We also have Wikipedia. You can calm down and tell your story. Oh no, your story is these Japanese guys bowing to the white guy and saying you are very honorable son. Maybe don't tell your story. I can't believe there's a sequel for that book. I saw a very interesting video essay talking about Stephanie Myers. Uh, that seems like a tangent. The author, well, it's related. Um, talking about Stephanie Myers, the the author of Twilight, and uh, it was it was it was an interesting take. Which the person was saying that um, the most heavily critiqued media you can find is the stuff intended for teenage girls. Stuff for teenage boys gets gets criticized, but it's still awarded a level of legitimacy. So like the Marvel pictures, like no. they can get an Edgar Wright or Kenneth Branagh or you know people who have real heft attached to them to do those pictures because they're they're silly, but like they're they're legit silly. But like Twilight is okay. Twilight's not a good film. Playing the stretch, I've seen it mm. many times. Yeah, because it's a classic. <laughs> uh, the New Moon, New Moon is the true, the true classic of that franchise. It just ellipses the movie. Is that the one where he fucks her and breaks the bed? No, no, mother, 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 motherfucker! That is Breaking Dawn. Okay, it's Breaking Dawn. Listen, listen. Don't, don't, don't you confuse that. I don't confuse everything. New, moon, the, new moon is the one. Okay, for starters, Neil, Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse. Wait, is that the one that's just the fucking flashback that never happens? No, that's Breaking Dawn that's Part the last Two. Last one. Oh my god, Neil. What? And that's what? Decapitation. Yeah, which is the most interesting part of that whole franchise, and they retconned it with more movie. But, no, New Moon is the film where Robert Pattinson breaks up with um, Kirsten Stewart, who's since turned out to be an American actress, and she just mopes for 90 minutes. And there's one sequence where she sits in a chair, and the camera spins around her and just shows the seasons passing. And he's like, get over it. 
and she tries to kill herself so that way he'll come back to rescue her and then like oh, uh, the, the werewolf kid Taylor Lautner falls in love with her for no apparent reason and, and then Michael, Michael but then but then the best thing of all is Michael Sheen completely legitimate actor Michael Sheen I was fucking Brian Clough Michael Sheen shows up and Michael Sheen is having a fucking whale of a time <laughs> Michael Sheen shows up with this girl like oh hello that's not she a starts joke. cracking things off from the side being like this scenery is delicious like I wish he was joking but no he is he is like fully like carry on carry on vampires is like oh boy oh my oh oh I'm just delicious oh I could just eat you off with a spoon it's phenomenal <laughs> that movie made 800 million dollars I like to think I was responsible for at least 4 million of that like that movie was a fucking masterpiece but the Twilight franchise, in spite of the fact that it is the, uh, one, of the, one of the more successful of those franchises, it you know, gets pretty critically reviled. And by a lot of accounts, like, Twilight's not a well-written book. Stephen Myers is a thing for the word jugular, specifically. Mm-hmm. But by all accounts, it is no worse than Ready Player One. Or than, I mean, I can't think of any, uh, the Maze Runners or the, like, any... Was Ready Player One as, as much of a phenomenon? I mean, it wasn't a series... It yeah, kind of, but, but it rumbled a bit deeper. It never came to the front the way that uh, the Twilight books did, but that's because a lot of the Twilight stuff was like, we all found out about Twilight because someone on the internet found it and went like, hey lads, this is really bad, let's make fun of it for how bad it is. Yeah, but it, it was right about because one of the most highest selling books uh, around. Like, didn't it beat Harry Potter? Wasn't that like... Did it? I it was, it was also yeah. fairly rumbled about because it was one of those like internet-only books that got to print. It was, like, one of the first of those. No, okay, you're thinking about Shades of Grey. Shades of Grey, Shades Grey. Shades of Grey which is for that fanfic. Which and is that, fanfic that, that definitely outsold uh, Harry Potter. Really? I'm pretty sure that it Shades of Grey was, like, did one of the best-selling. Did you ever see the uh, the original short story, the original fanfic it's based on, that you based on? No, I don't. Like, no, thank you. Okay, well, okay, obviously <laughs> I haven't read it. But I read it because <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a culturally aware motherfucker. I mean, if we're cult- really culturally aware, we all have read My Immortal at this point. Yes, we all have read my work, Leo. We've done dramatic readings of it. We've had it a lot. Thanks for reading. Um, no, she she took the fanfic she wrote for, for the Twilight fanfic she wrote, and she literally just changed the names. Like it, like as in, it is one of those cases where if Stephanie Myers wanted to get litigious, she would have an open and fucking shut case, but she didn't. If this was Anne Rice, then what's her E.L. James would be penniless and hated, as opposed to just being hated. Can you sue for fanfic? You can if it is because it it depends on like that's that's where you get to the squeegee line with it because yeah. like it, you it, try to make money with fanfic definitely. But also that like it's it, a derivative work. It's, it's a derivative work, but especially because it is the the source she based on is Twilight, and all she did was change the names. So you can say that it would it it is yeah it's a derivative work. Like she she based everything off she just based the characters off this. She just changed the names. So Stephen Myers had a pretty decent case. But don't have vampires. Don't have vampires. Just have. Yeah. Just have. Uh, what, what do just vampires represent? We can't make vampires represent fewer foreigners in this one. Sex. Yeah, sex again. But yeah, no. Like, sex sells. But like, but like you know, Twilight as well is one of the, one of the rare big old franchises like that that is marketed towards teenage girls. Mm. Like you know, we can think of like. It's often, not even a YA. It's just purely YW. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and it's a rarity for that, and like, I think it got, there was a lot of extra scrutiny put in that, which, mm. which wasn't reflected on, which, you know, like, I'm trying to think, like, Transformers gets a bit of it, but, like, a lot of times, Transformers still gets, like, you still see a lot of reviews for Transformers, and say, like, this is a piece of crap, but it's still good fun. 
And it's not. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. not. It's, it's not. Michael Bay like slowly wanking off the military industrial complex for about ninety minutes. What are these three books? They got runes on them, and pretty sure that was targeted women. I'm not reading. talking about his dark materials. No, 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 no. It's it's like I, I can't remember. It, it's got three different runes, and it's sort of like ice fire, and then something else, and it's a bunch of like revenants, and they have to. Uh, one of them is girls in like an ice palace, and she she's well, a librarian. Well, I put I put like this like. You, you you can't think of it. You can talk. You can talk about. Yeah, I read it. the books. I mean, uh, but but uh, I know, people but were, uh, those are good. Those are pretty well written books. I enjoyed. But yeah, but can you name the character? No, it's been a long time. You know, but like I can tell you, that Starscream or Optimus Prime. I yeah. never. I can tell you all about Optimus Prime and how he didn't deserve the Matrix of leadership. I know actually very little about Transformers. You really be thankful. There's nothing there. Yeah, it's all it's, shit. Yeah. It's actually, all, no, no, actually, no, let no, me no. pull you up on this right now. There was at least one run of the comics whose name completely escapes me. I think it was like Robots in Disguise. But that was actually really interesting because it dealt a lot with like weirdly heavy subjects like the Transformers trying to deal with racism and weird shit like that. In an actual good way, somehow. I don't know. I need to sit down and try and find these, give them to you. They did it in a weird way that wound up working. So, right. on, a, on, a tangent of, on a tangent of that... And like, tangent of a tangent of a tangent! Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the most amazing episode of Captain Planet? The Ra? The Ra episode of Captain Planet. Where oh, Captain Planet goes to Belfast. Oh, my spices. It is the most incredible piece of fiction ever made by human hands. Without doubt. It is so fucking insane. Stevie showed it to me. We were up in Belfast on July 12th. Oh, Jesus. And we watched some Vice documentaries about the 12th. And, well, you know, it's a Vice documentary, so it's like, I'm here in Belfast City on the 12th of July. There are literally riots everywhere. Everything is on fire. Uh, and then, like, myself and Stevie just open the curtains. Crickets. Mm. What's that down there? Oh, it's, it's about 40 racists waving a flag. Like, oh. Is that the march? Yep, that's the march. Okay, cool. I refer to see what you said. No, they're just there. No. They just hang out there. Boy, I love their flags. He These showed reasons. me, at the time, he showed me this the episode of Captain Planet where um, Captain Planet goes to Belfast and then there's a conflict between two two men, one who is a loyalist and one who is a Republican. Oh, boy. And then, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Republican gets a nuke yep. and tries to nuke the city of Belfast. Um, <laughs> and in the end, uh, they're able to save the day. Fortunately, um, and then the the Republican and the loyalists quite literally break bread. They 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 they, they have a loaf of bread, <laughs> which they break. Um, it is a complete what the fuckery. Captain Planet had some fucking high you know, aspirations there. You know, like like <laughs> nobody wants to touch that conflict. No, what's but Captain leave, Planet doing? Leave, leave it to the leave it to the team with heart. I mean, Star Trek touched on it, and they were talking about how effective the raw tactics were. Star Trek had that really hot take in Next Generation where yeah. they're like, oh yes, and then the IRA tactics led to the reunification of Ireland in 2048. 2048. 2048? I think. Uh, they named it. I think it's suited that because I think it was a thing of like, oh, you know, with Brexit and everything like that. Ooh, maybe, maybe. Maybe David was right. Yeah, We've only got a year left for those bastards are gone. Yeah. Thank God we live in the South where we're already owned by bankers. Well, I could get paid by those bankers. I got paid by those bankers. It's not worth it. They don't pay well. That's why they have so much money, Sean. I remember, I remember being on a plane going from as an Emirates flight. No, it was a Etihad flight, and um, leaving India. And somebody was watching this. What looked to be a really intense drama about like this guy who 
realizes he's gay, has, you know, he has a relationship with a man, and like it comes out and begins to unravel his life. And there's a sequence where like he finds the guy who's had who who's had sex with, and like he's pinned up against the wall, he's screaming at him for ruining his life, and then like you know, heavy breathing, and then like he look, gazes at him longingly, and then he kind of he leans in, and then the screen just fades to black. And then it comes back up, just as him pulling away. And it's like, so hold up, did you just fucking cut out the kiss? Did you, like, the whole film about this thing, did you just, did you just take away the, the only... Why do you buy this movie? Like, why, like, what, what's the, why? You know, they got told it was a good movie, and then they saw it, I was like, this, needs a cut. this is objectionable. We, we shouldn't buy this, it's like, already bought it okay well then take out the objectionable bits it's like watching I saw Spy on the same flight which is a great picture um, especially that's Mr. McCarthy Mr. McCarthy and Jason Statham that was great yeah and Jason Statham especially but Jason Statham's lines on a plane don't fucking work because Jason Statham most of his lines are swears mm-hmm. and there's, I don't know if you've seen it but there's a bit with a bomb in a bag and Mr. McCarthy's running through uh, some, the streets trying to help Jason Statham to, to let him know and he realizes that he opens the bag and it's a reverse shot from the bag to Jason Statham's face and he just goes, fuck! And he throws the bag and the water explodes. It's all very funny and exciting. Mm-hmm. In the, in the, that line is not in the, that line is not in the film, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the plain version of that film, it is him up him going like, no, or fudge! And fucks in the water. It's like, but that's not the line! <laughs> that's the, your precious art is being mangled. Oh, God. Oh. Because the children can see it. Just watch the boss baby. I like the boss baby. God no. You like the boss baby. I was very drunk. It's actually kind of stylish. I was very drunk. Is Alec Baldwin's sultry, wonderful voice? It's it, it, it works. I think that movie was kind of funny. Uh, there there's like three groaners, so it's not like firing all cylinders. But there were some jokes that landed really really well. I, I, on like I, I saw Game Night, which I thought was kind of similar, which was like you, I saw Game, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed. It. Yeah, like I, I like I, I, I found it fun to watch. Like, I didn't even make the jokes on it, but it was just a really enjoyable little trip to go on. Mm. And it was a lot better than I had any right to be. Yeah, I mean it's just really funny when they're waving a gun around, not knowing. It's <laughs> like, oh, I'm gonna pull your head off. <laughs> and then starts doing the line for the the any fucking pricks move, and I see every motherfucking last one of you. Like some parts of that film were really gorgeous and like much more than it, like they they the fights, should... fight scenes were actually excellent. Like him just brawling in his kitchen is yeah. like fucking really well done. So the choreography is great. Or the uh, they, they did they did the trick a couple of times, but like they have this uh, shot of a car and uh, like they must have had like the the camera on a crane with the car because the car always remains in center screen in center screen so the world shifts around and it's a really fucking cool effect when they're doing like this a relatively high speed chase with the car moving like this like. This is just a really well-directed sequence, and you realize it's one of the fucking guys from Freaks and Geeks. It's the main. It's it's the main. It's Sam. I think his name is. His sister. You know him and his sister are like the main character. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the the our, our audience serving characters. It's him and some other dude. And it's like this is much better directed than than any film like this has ever has any right to be, and fucking. Rachel McAdams is brilliant. Fucking love Rachel McAdams. Uh, the guy who plays Todd. Yeah, Meth Damon. Meth Damon. <laughs> Meth Damon is fucking perfect. Yeah, that. he is so creepy. He is just he's, so he's blood all over his dog. <laughs> oh, he's the, he's he's the, the creepy enough. police officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy next door, just like the. I see you are having a game night. 
was not invited. Oh, it's just yeah, oh. It's so uncomfortable. Oh god. And what's really weird as well is um, Sharon Horgan is the yeah she's in as well. She, that accent was so strange. What exactly? What the fuck? It like what's so happening? So I think she's from she's from Hackney. She's born in Hackney. But like raised in like they're like Mullingar and Kildare and a bunch of other places now that's in America mm. and she just has this just this bizarre accent. Yeah, it's weird hybrid. I don't know what's going on. It's all over the place. Yeah, it's like a mesh of many things. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like you know like But Irish, they're just they're just they're always the twinge of yeah, Irish like, at a certain point. It's like yeah, the, the inescapable the inescapable like But like yeah, like but I was thinking like you know, okay, you very rarely see an Irish accent on film. Yeah, you see uh, Colin Farrell. You see Colin Farrell, and you see a particular accent. Hey, look, look, Ray. You get fast benders, Magneto at the end of first class. Yeah. Which I will always come <laughs> oh back to. Oh my god! Oh my god! I forgot about that. <laughs> Just fucking floating out and like. You get all of it parted. All of it But like you know, you know, okay, look, you make, you make fun of Colin Farrell, right? But that man as Ray, and you also got Brendan Gleeson as basically a brute, the guest. Yeah. 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 Um, but I was uh, like, I was thinking, like, or and on the flip side, um, like I love Glenn Atlas. I think it's fucking masterpiece. One of my favorite things about Glenn Atlas is a terrible accent that Tom Hanks does. <laughs> have you seen it? I actually have not. No, okay. but I think I is it the true true? It's the, yeah. When we speak the true true, it's a fucking masterpiece. It is brilliant from top to bottom. It is just Chris it is it is everything that Chris Nolan wants to make a film with spectacle, but also with emotion, and it's kind of ropey at points, and and some of, and and the, and the yellow face is a bit weird, but like. It's so good. It's so fucking rich. Um, but Col- uh, Tom Hanks is in it and he plays, in one of the sequences, he plays uh, this author, Dermot something, who writes a book called Knuckle Sandwich. He's a, he's a gangster who's written some shit like book. And he encounters one of his critics and he throws him off a building because the critic was not very, was very sniffy towards the book. And so Tom Hanks is in the scene for two minutes and he does this accent, which is dog shit. Mm. It's like, people don't like my fucking book. That's better. That's that's actually much better than his <laughs> accent. And I remember, like, I, I, I remember at the time being like, oh, it's a really shit accent. And I was like, but it's a really shit North Dublin accent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you were like, this person is from North Dublin. I will try and do a North Dublin accent. I didn't get that at all from his accent. Oh no, it's pure North. It's pure like shite North Dublin. Like like mm. it, he you know he he doesn't fully get it, but he tried. Okay. And he, bless the attempt. Exactly, you know. You didn't stick the landing, but by God, you did a twirl. You know, you you came in and you said, "This man is from this area." I do not know anyone from this area, but Lord knows I'm making a fucking college try. And it's just, you know, it's 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 pleasant because you can't like. There's no Irish accents on film, and whenever I hear an Irish accent on film, it sounds really fucking wrong. Tweed. Not even tweed, but just like just 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 wrong. Like we we don't. Unless you get like in. A film like The Guard or something. No, that's an Irish film. Yeah. So, that's like, the, so the the accents all make sense within the context. Yeah. But like you know, like like in Game Night, where everyone is, you know, everyone's speaking generic, and and then Sharon Horgan's there, and you're just like, it's, it's still was still I, every time she spoke, I was like, ah, oh, that's so weird. <laughs> it's, it's so I don't know what's happening to my ears. I've never heard this before. <laughs> but like, but like you, you hear like like Saoirse Ronan, if if ever she gets to do the Irish accent properly, like, you know, you hear her and she's like Saoirse Ronan. She's not, you know, she's she's not there, Sharon, and like, like, she's not doing the fucking like the 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 Brooklyn like. I want to be an Irish girl, an Irish girl in Ireland, not in America. Like she's got a proper, she's a proper fucking twang to her, and you hear her in interviews, and it's like your voice sounds wrong. Your voice is perfectly valid when on RTE, but 
You're surrounded by so many of these. When you, when, yeah, when you're, on, when you're on NBC or some fucking like American talk show, it's like we don't sound like that, do we? We don't. Our voice isn't so silly. Oh no, it is. Yeah, better than than better than Generican. To be yes, fair, Generican is so nasally. Mm. Oh my god. Oh my god. Generican. It always goes back to me one time my family were in Spain and just an American two, two American girls just on the beach just going, oh my god, this sounds so fucking hot. And it's like, that intonation has stayed in my brain forever. <laughs> <laughs> you just like, walked that one down like, yeah, yes, you, I hate this. You did California, didn't you? Yeah, but like, they, everyone sounded exactly the same. <laughs> I, when, when, we're, when, we're in, when we're in California, you hear a lot of sexy babies. They're like, oh, I have to go to the store. Well, thankfully, I no with human person people. sounds like that. What is it? Uh, thankfully, I, I interact with very few people. Because I lock myself in a room and yeah, yeah, I stay in a hotel room. Drink. Yeah, oh, smoking nonstop in that hotel room is the best thing. God, I love smoking indoors. Do you feel cheeky? Yeah, oh, it's, it's 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 just so good. I wake up in the morning, it's like yeah, just have a smoke. Ah, uh, maybe I'll have a shower and then get free breakfast because everything's paid for. Because I'm there because I can't be paid. Breakfast is class. Yeah, they're in a waffle machine. You gotta pour the waffle. Oh, this shit's so good. Well, in the thing? Yeah. yeah, not in my room. Yeah, you have to go down to the. Oh, I thought that's what you meant, that you literally just have waffles no, in your like, room. Like, whenever you want it. You probably could, like, if you're willing to, like, steal the plates and the waffles. Yeah. I mean, I would be if I wanted waffles that bad. I remember, I actually remember last time I was in, I was in the States, was, yeah, it was LA and New Orleans, and I, I remember I found a cup of, of syrup with the waffles, oh. and I, I, I took a picture of the time, which is like, all the ingredients is like there is not a single natural thing here it's like high fructose corn syrup glucose something which has letters okay call makeup ask him what the hell it is he warns you it's highly carcinogenic everything's carcinogenic in, in the way called is Neil is it? I don't know everything's poisonous in enough quantity uh, yeah. uh, I saw uh, Valerian quite some time ago uh, Larry and City of Thousand Planets with Luc Besson Luc Besson and that was one of the messiest films I've ever seen in my entire life uh, which is really sad because the opening 10 minutes are fucking great I was gonna say I've heard about that film and it's like if you see the first 10 minutes you're pretty much done with the film because why bother coming back yeah because it just opens up Bowie's playing and they're building a space station and just welcoming new races up at the space station that's growing for over decades and hundreds of years. You see characters age and die and Bowie's playing and you're like, yeah, it's fucking, oh, fucking best. And then the rest of the movie happens and the two leads are have zero chemistry and are both assholes. And the, you don't know what the plot's doing. It starts showing these blue aliens and their planet getting annihilated. And then that doesn't like pick up for like another 40 minutes. They're in this weird black market that exists in multiple dimensions and they have to wear a visor to be in, but then also he puts his hand in the box and then his hand is existing in one universe or something. I couldn't make head or tails of it. I was so confused at every single moment. And then they make a new ship out of a planet or an orb or something has infinite power and it's, uh, it's yeah. And then Beyonce shows up as a shapeshifter huh. and... I think Mel's around his body so he can pretend to be one of these weird guys who are staging a revolt against whatever section of the thousand planets. The, and Valerian's named The Dude, apparently. And I've been reading that title wrong. Um, <laughs> this sounds like 
like a heated fever dream. It was one of those like it went on too long. And Forty-three degree so fevers that you sit there and you hallucinate wildly as you do. So one time they're about to feed her to the alien king of the guys who are revolting, but she doesn't realize that until a certain point, and then I can't remember what happens. It was. Eight out of ten would watch again. <laughs> no, I never want to see that movie again in my life. The, 80, the I might watch last eighty minutes of that film didn't deserve the first ten. It's Lord of War, the Lord of War problem, because Lord of War yeah. starts off with that fucking sweet uh, short film about a bullet. Yeah, and then there's a Nick Cage movie attached, which is like, ah, the Nick Cage movie's fine. It'll happily just take the little short film about the bullet. Yeah, that'd be the best part. Lord of War's great. Lord of War's a fine film. Yeah, evil wins in the end. What's a great I moral tale for our age. It's a great movie, It's been a while since Nick Cage has done something good. He was in a fucking bonkers movie this year called Mom and Dad. I don't know if we talked about it before. No, where it. he and Selma Blair play parents to two children. Uh-oh. And a signal starts broadcasting. And the signal tells parents all around the world to murder their children. I would so, not want Nick Cage coming after so me. So the film begins with a woman driving to a train tracks. Just parks the car and just walks away. If it features, it features a sequence where a woman having freshly given birth needs to be wrestled so she can't crush the skull of her child. I feel like the important part you're missing about that car being parked on the train tracks is the kids are in it. It was implied, Neil. Yeah. It was not implied. implied. State them. We don't need to. We don't need to state everything. You yes, don't. We do. You're like a child walking into a movie theater, demanding to know what's on. Use your content. Figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then Nick Cage. But then the movie is just Nick Cage and Selma Blair being Nick Cage at full Nick Cage, just like. Teeth and eyebrows screaming. Oh, geez, we're talking like his soul still dancing, Nick Cage. Exactly that. But Ooh. it's fucking class. That's some good Nick Cage. It's a, it's a surprisingly good picture. It, it like goes on a little bit too long, but like it's really, really fun. And Lance Hendrickson shows up for five minutes to just be fucking great. He was Bishop in Aliens. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was made by uh, Brian, yeah, Brian Taylor of Neville Demon Taylor, who made Crank and Happy. Which is the most Grant Morrison thing I think I've ever seen. Like everything about mm. that show mm. is just Grant yeah. Morrison. It's like pretty intense. It's yeah. just fucking bananas. Like an ex cop becomes a hitman, and then that's like that's, that's the, like that's the your weird bit. Like no, no, your, that's the starting point where it's like here's sorry, just a little bit of stuff, sorry, and sorry. then the weird bit goes on when he starts seeing imaginary creatures who are leading him up and down. That's that's. Perfectly rational. The opening sequence of that film is our main character blowing his brains out, dancing around with half-naked women and men, while some shitty disco track plays, and he keeps dancing with this endless fountain oh, of blood. How it That's the opening sequence. Yeah. That show is <laughs> fucking great. And like, there was a point. It's it's. I think it's in the first episode when uh, when he's in the hospital and that really 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 creepy dude. Yeah. I think it's Mr. Blue is his name. He's the he's like the the surgeon guy who like just likes to cut people up. Yeah, and like he's in the he's in the hospital bed, and the bed lifts up, and it's like this is this is straight from Dark Robertson's art. Like there's <laughs> there's no cinematography needed here. It was just like okay, cool. Can you just stand the picture up there? Let's just you stand there, grand <laughs> picture there, and it's like that's part of it too. So it really looks it looks like a Grant Morrison comic, as in even within its framing. Yeah, um, there's a couple of shots during the interrogation sequence that are shot kind of they seem awkwardly like. It's staring down the main character's like slightly balding head down onto a character below him, like yeah. making the other guy look seem diminutive, even though. What is our main character's name? I don't know. No, I just know as the guy from White Hot American Summer. Yeah, as he's like, they're like, oh, I'm restrained, but I'm clearly more powerful than anyone. Oh, like crazy. Like it's just, it's just fucking ADHD. 
in a TV show because it's just like well, it's real nuts real fast like, yeah. okay, well like okay the opening episode has got the the, the, lob- the, the serial killing lobster mm. um, then there's also the weird demon shit that's being hinted at and then you know they're gonna slice off his penis and then the imaginary friend shows up the slicing penis that was the first episode it's just like I thought it was like episode 2 or 3 it's a pretty intense show it's yeah. fucking I just, I just love the fact that like someone and Patton Oswalt is the imaginary flying unicorn yeah nice that's a sentence yeah and someone gave Grant Morrison lots of money like someone somebody re- like and one like you said to me that like Warren Ellis got an email about I think it was there was Planetary they wanted to make and like, apparently like some TV network some team had been poached to make Planetary for like the CW and they said no and they told Warren Ellis through an email saying like we didn't want to be known as the people who fucked up Planetary so we decided not to touch it <laughs> which is like yeah. That's right. Yeah, that yeah. comic is a gift. Yeah, yeah. No man, like I fucking, because I was I was also happy, deeply, deeply mentally hungover, um, and like it was just it was a, it was a perfect program to watch. Just sitting lying on the couch, feeling very fragile, just going like I don't know what's happening really, but all I know is I'm actually having a surprisingly enjoyable time right now. <sighs> Hopefully, we can get to do so. Like yo, I don't think the invisible is adaptable into any other medium. I don't, I mean, you can no, do it. No, no, you can't, you can't. Can. I have no clue how you, like... You make Wii 3. Do you break my fucking heart? Like, yeah. <laughs> good dog. I think that's, that can't be live action, though. No, like, like again, you, you break my fucking heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't do the filth. No. That's a standards thing. <laughs> um, they're trying to make gravel. And, you know, like, I just don't think they're ever going to make gravel. Is it the one with the dicks? I think Grapple's the, the, the one where the guy the gives first, birth to the lizard alien. And he's out of his rotten dick hole. Yeah. So, like, a bunch of lizards just start pouring out of this that, army vet talking that? about raping a, a evil general from Kosovo, I think. Uh, yeah, it's some good times, Grapple. As yeah. they just keep pouring and pouring out of his penis. Because well, I, like, I, remember, I remember reading The Filth on a Bus, which is a terrible place to read that book. Yep. Because, like, when you get to the bit with the black sperm and everything like that, you're like... Doing. Yeah. Um. What? 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 I don't. Yeah. What else can you really adapt from Grant Morrison? Like, well, yeah. You know, I. I wonder. I wonder if they start because, like, I mean, there are okay. So American Dog the Gods done pretty well. Preacher somehow is still going. Yeah, I really it deserve not that. to be. It's awful. I don't. I don't understand how you fuck that one up. Like it's not hard. You fuck it up by dragging your fucking balls in the sand at the prequel point. Cause yeah, cause it's, it's just like for the whole first season, they still haven't like it, it takes for the first yeah. season for Jesse to become Jesse. Yeah, and even yeah. then he's not really Jesse, and like, I don't know what they're doing with Tulip. You know, I, I like Ruth Mega, but like, I just don't think she's Tulip, and like, they changed her character so much to being the daughter of a whore. Because parts of it where I was just. Watching that first season, just sitting there yelling, when are they actually going to get to the fucking fireworks factory and do something from Preacher? Yeah, Cassidy, just that accent, was unforgivable. Wandering from up Joseph and down the country. Yeah. Fucking, no. It's In not. the middle of sentences. But why wouldn't you, like, I don't understand why you cast someone who's not, like, he's, that guy's from, if I'm not mistaken, he's from, like, North England. Like, he was, yeah. in, he was in This Is England. He's great in This Is England. Um, but, like, I don't understand why you, like, You've got Ruth Negga, so you're willing to cast Irish people. Yeah. Or, well, depending on where... Yeah. Irish Ethiopian? She's Irish. No, but like, she, she, she's got views in the you know. Um, yeah, you're, you're willing to look at parts of the world. You have a character who, like, is so profoundly Irish. Yeah. 
like was at the 16 rising, rising and yeah. punches Patrick Pierce in the face mm-hmm. like yeah. what a wonderful sequence that was yeah. I haven't read Preacher since I was 18 and part of me doesn't want to you worry it'll shatter everything oh, I, mean, I think it's still great I, I don't know I just don't know because I can think of all these wonderful bits like I can think of all the shit with John Wayne and like how it made me feel or that bit where he meets Bill Hicks and he's just like oh I see you're a preacher you too man I was like oh oh god oh you speak you speak to my soul you speak in the true true I mean John Wayne just sitting on his coffin oh, it's just it's just great imagery oh it's beautiful imagery yeah, I don't think they even introduced John Wayne properly in the show yet how did you not introduce John Wayne John Wayne is is, is, is a core tenant of that show yeah, that, that story and also like he was really saying the killers was really hands on like I, I think at the end of season 2 they had like they would go to New Orleans or whatever and they managed to like trap him in a car a van and just drive that van into a swamp and that's where they leave him because I don't know some bullshit about getting soul power from it was like no there's a story already here it's a very good story yeah, yeah. you don't have to you don't have to write all this extra shit I mean like I think it's about like the man just living in the desert blowing the word they, fuck oh. they had Jesse's dad be a preacher as well which no that's disappointing yes yeah he caves Jesse's dad's not supposed to cave. God, no. Yeah, it's a very upsetting show on multiple levels. Well, like, but but not in the right ways because they they haven't done like I I presume that they went to the meat factory. Uh, they were queuing that one up actually, but they also sent our space literally to hell. So he wasn't actually on Earth. He was in hell, and he became pals with Hitler in hell. I'm not making this up. It's not a good show. But then that's a piece of point. Like it just seems like like, like okay, so uh, okay. I'm very much of the opinion like you know if you make it, if you take this kind of stuff, you know, that's fine. You can adapt it. That's okay. Yeah. Mm. But I guess there's a line between adaptation and just kind of skull fucking. Yeah. You know. I mean. You got to get the spirit. Yeah. Exactly. And someone tells me that like because our our because well, our space doesn't work if he's in hell. Our space is a you know he's a joke about nineties grunge culture. Yeah. Mm. God, love and the only good person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's fundamentally a good kid. Yeah, misguided, they make him stupid. Less of a good. good kid in this one because, like, him blowing his head off is because I can't remember exactly how the scene progresses, but like, he's less innocent in uh, that girl who also blew her head off. Yeah, not fun. Um, Legion's fun though. Legion's is very fun. Legion's so fun. They hit the ground running in the second season. I was terrified it wasn't going to. Yeah. The latest episode was just sort of um, a, a multiverse clip show. theory. Yeah. yeah. This, but it was sort of just a clip show and but it was just one of the best things you're gonna see in T V like all year. Yeah, like there was just a part of it where I was sitting there realizing like this is literally Legion just sitting here and smelling its own farts for like an hour, thirty minutes, it's an hour, yeah. 40, 40 yeah, it's just it like kinda of smelling its own fart. Like just styling things a little differently, showing things off, being like, Yeah, but here's like what if it was like this though? And I'm just sitting there like this is still really compelling and interesting to watch and just the way things happen and the way they've shot them. Like, there's a part of, like, what if he was just a homeless man because he'd gone crazy from all the voices he kept hearing. And there's literally, like, these wannabe clockwork orange motherfuckers come in and start beating him with a baseball bat. So he explodes their souls out and leaves them as smears on the ground. I thought that one was the annihilation wave where he's like, boom, and deleted them. Well, he left the shadows behind, so... Okay, okay, I didn't see the shadows. Yeah. I did see him... Crush that cop into a cube. Oh, that was that spicy. Was really gory. Like, <laughs> you know, those, those cracking, great sound design as well. 
Like, you literally see the cop, like, he's got a gun in his hand, like, uh, main character whose name fucking escapes me. It's something boring, like Matt. David? Yes. David. Like, he's just moving his hand away, and then, like, he shoots the cop car, and then the cop just stares at him in horror, and the shoulder comes in too much, and then the elbow kind of gets into the ribs, and then the head twists down and weird, and then the entire body just becomes a cube. It was a really cool episode. Also, the person got chopped in half the sword. Oh yeah, it's weird. I I, I wonder. I wonder if video game violence, because like that 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 is pure Onimusha fucking God of War level shit. Where you know like like I, like I remember you know like two thousand five. So like playing yeah. God of War one. Far too young. Jesus, two thousand five. Yeah, two thousand five. Jesus. A game advertised to me in OPS two because it has titties. Like. Violence and titties, yes. everything you want! Come, come damn me. harpy titties. Come at me intrigued, friend. Oh, come what are even harpy titties? They were harpies. Were they? No, they were har- they, you had your harrow of bitches on the boat at the beginning of the game. Show. I thought yeah. the harpies also had titties. They, they did, but you weren't, but like, you weren't, didn't want harpy titties. You wanted the harrow of bitches on the boat. Yeah. Okay. There's literally the mini game where you make you a vase fall off the nightstand because you have sex so good as a QTE. Yeah. That was the game that did all the QTEs in the world. It did. It was one of the first ones, yeah. Cause it was, yeah. Like, it, was it was one of the first ones, and it did a QTE for fucking everything! Including fucking. Yeah. And opening it was but, HR1. But then, that was the worst. But then you also had, like, that bit where you, like, ripped off the Hydra's head and you had to seal it up with the, with the fire. That was pretty dope. Man, that first game was fucking class. There's parts of that first game that do stand up, like... The bit where you get eaten by the Hydra and then you find the guy who's like dangling by a chain because he's hooked on to like this thing that got caught in the Hydra. So he's like, I have been here for years. Please help me. The Hydra's weakness is this. And Kratos is like, cool, bye. And then leaves and kills the Hydra. Leaving the guy to drown. Which is a weird contrast to what he is now because now he's just old and tired. He's so old and tired in the new game. Like, so God of War 1. If you look at Kratos, like, just look at him. Just, he doesn't even know that you made eyes onto his back. He'll just come over there and rip your soul out and then, like, chug on a sweet, sweet green orb because he needs the help. Yeah, maybe yeah. he doesn't. He probably doesn't. He's Kratos. Or was it due to Hermes again? He, he literally rips off Hermes' head. You're thinking of Apollo where he rips you off Apollo's head. head to use as a flashlight. Yeah. It's not even that dark. <laughs> it's dark after you rip his fucking head off, Kratos. You kill the god of the sun. You fucking kill the god of the ocean. He fucking just wrecks Greece. But then in the new one, like, he's literally just standing outside his house as the guy is there, like, Hey, come out and fight me, fucker! And then Kratos is like, please leave. The guy slaps him, like, three times, and Kratos is like, please just actually leave? And then, like, you have this Devil May Cry-style fight-your-rival where you just kind of shot from, like, a third-person perspective of what, like, beefy boy Marvel fight should be. Okay. But, you know, like, in those fights, it's like two big guys hit each other but neither is willing to move from the blow. Yeah. Like, it kind of thumbs into him, and, like, the ripple comes off behind, and you see the devastation. No, like, Kratos takes a haymaker to the face and flies 30 feet in the air into his back garden. Like, through a tree. They keep planning into new areas, so that, like, you can, when you fucking fuck this guy up and give him a good kick, he goes sailing through a bunch of trees, and they splinter as he's going through. So, you know... It adds a lot of weight to each hit. Yeah, yeah. And but then it also makes you question why you aren't doing that in other parts of the game where you'd hit other people. But, you know, Cause they scale things up for boss fights. Yeah, sure. yeah. And there's a, this fucking spicy bit where you're, like, ramming him through a bunch of trees with another tree as a fucking, like, battering ram, and he's just yelling at you, like, What are you afraid of? Find! 
fucking peg him into this fucking wall, and then he just grabs your face and fucks you through it, and you just get stuck. And he's just like, bye, and you see this little tiny red bar start building, and it's like, now it's time to do the rage move. Do the rage move where you punch him really hard. And you tear open chasms in the ground. They literally have like one of those... So while I said like, you know, the hits land, there's like this moment where they fucking like start wrestling into each other, and like there's just a split in the ground and just behind them, like... They show the spectacle really well. It's really weirdly shot as well, because it's all one continuous shot for the game. Like, the camera starts looking at Kratos from the first build screen, and from that point, there's not a single cut. Really? The camera will move away from Kratos, and will move over to other people sometimes, but it never once fades to black, it never once has, like, a cut to a load screen, it never shoots away to show you something happening far off. It's always immediate. Sorry for when you die, which I've done a lot. <laughs> when you die, you, die. <laughs> yeah. you get fucked. Is it tough? It's hard enough if you play certain parts of it, because like there's like the scaling level stuff. So like there's a limited enemy selection, but enemies that are lower level than you will get stunned from you punching them. Enemies that are the same level as you will like get stunned from heavy blows, and enemies that are higher level from you will never ever get stunned. And that becomes a problem when they send out the guys with the fast attacks, and then you die in one hit. So God of War's always been hit the buttons, do the combo, get the kill. And the new one is a lot more, like, you're using all these tools, so it's a lot more character action kind of game, like, a lot more like Bayonetta, a lot more like Devil May Cry. And now that they moved away from the chains as well, like, yeah, the chains yeah, yeah. were more like mob control, you're supposed to be fighting multiple guys, yeah. right now it's hard to fight more than one guy at once. Yeah, like, you have to, like, constantly be aware, move around, do all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. You can get abilities that make it easier to fight groups of people, and kind of trivialize some of the parts of it, because, like... A, They've added this weird system of magic stuff in it, where, like, alright, so Kratos has moves that he can learn, and these are moves that he will always have access to, and it's like, punch harder, or throw your axe in this specific way, or, like, one of the funnier ones is, like, line up a bunch of headshots on enemies and just fuck your axe at them, and it'll do, like, eight-hit combos in a row on enemies. Um, but then you have, like, these individual skills that you can get, whereas something like fucking Kratos does witch time for Bayonetta, meaning a perfectly timed dodge slows everyone down around you and you can like charge up your big hits that you normally don't get a chance to do or Kratos does an AoE frost blast and everything is frozen for a few seconds and it's all very bizarre but it meshes well with the game because the combat because the combat is so immediate it flows well moment to moment and there's a lot of weird things to think about because like in the control scheme you literally have a button that's called the boy button and you do the boy button when you want your boy to do something and your boy does things. And he's useful. Because he's got, like, these arrows that add stun to enemies. And when you stun enemies, that's when you can do the, you know, gory finisher. Which is everything between, like, literally ripping a dude in half to suplexing him and then stomping his head off. I enjoy it. It's appealing to a lot of parts of my nature. There's, like, a bunch of open world exploration. There's a bunch of, like, difficult combat stuff. There's a bunch of boy. Oh, this is... This whole thing where, like, you constantly kill all these undead enemies. And, like, because they're monsters, it's fine. And that makes sense. And then you have to fight these human enemies. And they're fucking cannibals. And they're, they're like, discussing how they're going to, like, have to carve the meat off you to make you last longer kind of thing. And, like, Kratos explicitly tells his son, Atreus, like, don't fight this. Like, these are people. I'll take care of this bit. Um, and during the fight... Like, Kratos takes his sweet time choking one guy out, and one of the, like, raiders finds Atreus and, like, goes to get him, and Atreus gets him in the neck with a knife. 
and Atreus has like a moment of meaningfulness where it's like that kind of upset me kind of like getting into his own head where it's like taking human life isn't that fun or great but like any emotional moment that gets done in that game kind of gets resolved really quickly to get you back into playing the game which is a fucking pain because I could stand to do those moments a little longer I was getting very frustrated that the game slowed down for even a second so I just want to be killing things. You never even played the first three God of Wars. I haven't. That was my first God of War. Like, you... <sighs> this must be a good segment. I'm pretty, I was pretty sure I've watched people play it. Um, is it Achilles in the first one? There's like a shadow No, battle. you literally only fight uh, uh, Ares in the first one. Yeah. You fight no other gods. No, not the gods, but it's like, you know, another hero. Like, there's like a shadow battle and you don't know who you're killing and then you kill, I don't know, some of your friends or something. Oh, that's the... Like, flashback shot where you kill your family. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that part. Yeah. No, the, the spicy one is the fucking... I think it's in two. Where you encounter Hercules. And he's there like... I have three. to do... Oh, that might have been three. And he's like, I have to do all these trials and I have to do all these difficult things. And why do you get all these fucking rewards? Like, because I killed to take them. And Hercules is like... You fuck. And that's Hercules from the TV show Hercules Disappointed. Like, you know... Kevin Disappointed! Sor- it's Kevin Sorbo. You know Kevin Sorbo's insane. Is it? But actually... Like, how insane are we talking about? I don't believe here? his career would have made him insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, this well, well really he, he starred in the popular the popular film, God's Not Dead, um, with the wonderful theme song of God's Not Dead, He Is Surely Alive. Uh, and I'll see if I can pull up his quote about the Jews. Uh, Gibson got attacked when he was shooting the passion from the Jewish community, saying, look at the way you're betraying us, Sorber said. News bulletin, you did kill Jesus. But there's one particular thing he had about Hollywood and the Jews, which is very like, oh, Kevin, don't don't open your fucking mouth. Oh dear. Because he's, oh I can't find it. He's just he's, yeah he just doesn't like the Jews, and he, he he's a re, he's a Christian man and he's probably a make America a great person, make America a great again kind of person. Oh no. But he's just the more he opens his mouth, the more he's like. I don't want to watch Hercules anymore. You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Especially because, like, like you, you know, all, all this shit. You're like, you were also in Xena. I'm like, look at Xena. Like, Xena is pretty much antithesis to everything you just said there. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Let those good lesbians be good fighting lesbians. Yeah. It was also in Andromeda, which had the race of psychotic teddy bears who wanted to kill the entire planet and go on a scourge. Or the entire galaxy, I guess. But a lot, a lot of it is just guys in, like, ape suits running like, blah, 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 blah. like, yeah, en masse. <laughs> that was entirely lost in you, dear listener, but rest assured, it was pretty fucking funny. Mm. So yeah, Gene Broderick's later years is kind of weird, didn't they? Yeah. And playing those early years weren't weird in their own right. I mean, that entire show was about him wanting to have sex with a robot, which aren't really all his shows. <laughs> Are they? There was a thing. Sometimes he wants to have sex with many aliens. What was the Was it aliens with the transporting technology? What the fuck was that show? What are you going about? Farscape? As a no. slight aside, Pilk is Kratos. Pilk is Kratos, yes. Which is good. Yep. He's very angry. I can imagine. I can imagine him having like a, like a, nice, a nice cool like cool exterior with, with a like a, like a basic Western hero. Because like what you described is just a Western. It's unforgiven. It's uh, the, the I search for redemption, even though I don't deserve it. Yeah, and you got the young kid who's kind of might be saying enthused about going on the adventure, but when faced with the actual violence, you know, and it's a video game, so you can't conclude this way. But like, odds are, what would probably happen would be that like Kratos should die in the finale to save his son from 
the sins of him. They announced five more games. Yeah, um, I thought five? I thought this was a new trilogy. Yeah, that last one was a trilogy of like eight. Yeah, but core games, you know, I don't care about what gets released on the Vita. No one cares. <laughs> the the Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Sorry, I just got over years back. You told me the funniest fucking headline in the world. I think I know what you're talking about. Is it's it Screech? Are you dragging the Vita? It's not about the Vita, it's the Screech headline. Yeah. <laughs> What's the Screech headline? The one about him shooting a porno? No, oh. no, 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 no. It was, uh, Dustin, it was the article about Dustin Diamond, who played Screech, um, got, a, got arrested after getting a fight with two bookers who stole his PSP games. <laughs> They thought he had money and they wanted to rob him, but all he had was a PS Vita. <laughs> no, we had a, a PSP. PSP. Far worse. This <laughs> yeah. was trying for some, and then like fucking touchscreen tech, and the Vita was just you like UMDs. Oh my god, the PSP was the most useless piece of shit. Now I will defend the PSP for one thing: when you cracked it, it made a great handheld emulator. It's because we're going to emulate PS1, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Actually, you see they're making, they're making the mini Mega Drive. Yes. Yeah, it's being made by a couple of people I don't really trust. They made another, like, oh, not Mega Drive, but they made... The Emulator Box one was the Kickstarter one that, like... I don't know if it's them, but it's definitely some company that's tried to put out this kind of tech before and fucked it up. They fucked us up, though. I mean, like... You can't. The, the annoying person will always tell you you can just get a Raspberry Pi and do it. Yeah, well... Oh, you, you, know, you know, I was about to say, you can, yeah. just, you can play it in the browser now. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm only one step away from, you know, playing the world there. You fucking open up, yeah, you open up the door, you fucking play Metroid in your browser on your Raspberry Pi, you know? Yeah. Who needs an emulator? I remember having a fucking Windows 98 laptop and getting a fucking SNES emulator to run. That was some good times. Okay. Arts and Monkeys. Lay me down with the true, true boy. You remember the Arctic Monkeys? Remember the first album? That no. 12 years ago now? And I bet that you look good on the dance floor. Don't know what you're looking for on dance floor. It's a really good record, the first one. It's right. got great lyrics. It's a really fun punk, kind of punky indie record. Uh, and then they did a little bit more the same with the second record. And then for the third record, they were like, hey, we're like on the top of our game. Everyone's really excited. Why don't we just do... Why don't we get Queens of the Stone Age guy, Josh Hong, and we'll just record this kind of weird, psychedelic, heavier record. That's very different to what we've done before. But, you know... Was fucking trying it, and you know it didn't really work. Uh, and then they had another record a couple of years back. Uh, they did they, they, they kind of shift a couple more times. It hasn't been nothing massively radical. Like it's still mostly guitar rock, but like you know they did they did look at what they did before and try to shift it. Hmm. And this one is the weird one in their back catalogue. And is it too weird for you? No, it's not. <laughs> Motherfucker. Who's gonna see? Motherfucker. Scott Walker screaming at me. I punched a donkey on the streets of Galway. That that is too weird for me. This <laughs> this is just chance. It's uh it's just okay. I, I gotta give him credit for like actually going like, well, what have we done before and what can we do now? And really, really trying to fuck with their formula. So like they deserve points for that. They really do because like you know you'd rather he- I'd rather hear like four pieces of shit like this that really make me go what were you thinking oh you're trying something out here then listen to like another fucking three Frank Turner be more kind like that fucking placating shit but this record's dog shit oh no it's like it's like fucking bad Martian it's like it's uh, Martian yeah it's like it's like it's like Muzak for a Martian gentleman's club that's about to close down just like it's just awful 
just yeah, it's, mu- it's music with these really terrible lyrics and a line that I wish I'd st- I wish I'd come up with and I'm going to steal from Stevie, which is the, the lead singer sounds like Alan Partridge trying to do a Scott Walker impression and it's just like, oh, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like pulp, it pulp or shit. It's like if pulp were shit and had to play like dodgy gentlemen's clubs. It's just, it pulp already aren't amazing. This is the part where we get thrown out of your house. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like the part where we get thrown out of your house. Serious. <laughs> like, there's two good songs on This Is Hardcore. Oh my, oh, bro. <laughs> and he's reaching for the knife. Do you want to fucking pull that shit on my back there, Frank? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold, hold up. Hold the fucking phone. Aren't the monkeys album sucks? But motherfucker. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> this Is Hardcore has only two good tracks. You've got fucking The Fear. You've got Seductive Barry. You've got Healthy Agent. You've got the title track. And you've got... The day after the revolution, all fucking gold. Didn't mention oh. the best one, which is like a friend. Okay, like a friend. I, I, I my, my version of it, the, the, the twenty minute. The, okay, the last record of the album, uh, it did that really annoying thing that early, that like CDs used to do. We have like here's twenty minutes where we sustain a note. My version had that song where it's the twenty minutes where they sustain a note, but it cut out the last track, the bonus track at the end. So at one point in time, I did listen to it. I listened to the twenty minutes of like. This song is going to come. This bonus track is going to come. <laughs> Never fucking came. But that that's record, why M1A1 appears at the end of that Gorillaz album. Yes. Oh. It's, it's just a weird, stupid thing that people used to do to pad out CDs because they have the ability... They have 79 minutes to play with, so why not just fill up 79 minutes because they weren't banned by groups. But anyway, no, that fucking record is genius. So is fucking Common People. So yeah, it's a different class because you got Common People, Disco 2000, Pencil Skirt, Feeling Called Love, Sorry for Ease and Wiz... All gold, okay? Those are ten tracks there. Solid fucking gold shit. You go to his and hers, his and hers. You begin with Joyriders. Oh, fuck. Oh, you're just, you're just so wrong. Like, I just, I, you're just so wrong. Well, maybe I'll go listen to it again. No, 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 you will go listen to it again. <laughs> no, you will listen to it again. You will listen to his and hers. You will listen to Different Class. You will listen to This Is Hardcore. And you might, you might try Reading of Life. I'll give you that one. Some ropier bits on it. But the, that three, that trio there, like, oh. People the whole thing are like, ooh, who was better, Blur or Oasis? It was fucking Pulp! Pulp is the answer. God, you're just, you're just so wrong. That looked like a cork that needed to be popped a while ago, Oh, buddy. God, like, because people don't, cause people, people don't like, oh, but like, even Common People has a track. Common People's a great track. No, 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 it's a Common People. No, but it's not a great track. It's, it's, it's a brilliant track. It's, 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 oh, it's, it's probably one of the best singles ever written. It's just fucking genius. And it's so fucking stupid. It's two, co- it's two notes. Okay? It's, it's just, it's that fucking stupid piano riff, which when you hear it in isolation, like, how the fuck do you make a song out of that? And the only reason it works as a song is because it does the... If you take that out of that song, it doesn't fucking work as a song. It's genius. Oh, God. Okay, sorry. Pulp are good. Yeah. That is the that is the takeaway you get from this. Yeah. The Arctic Monkeys album is like a shit pulp record, and sh- pulp are great. And you are just pathologically wrong. <laughs> In your DNA, there is a fault, and you need to remedy that shit. God damn it! You need a cigarette, Will. Oh, kept calling out. Fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's oh. a good cut. See you next week.